you were sometime darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Therefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day word for word from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Our study begins in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 8 where Paul writes how these believers had been darkness, but now are light. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Well, in line with that truth, they were to walk as children of light. And 1 John 1.7 assures us, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son continually cleanses us from all sin. Dr. Mitchell speaks to us of being children of light having to do with our position in Christ. We are in the light, and the light is in us. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. The day we again come to you for our studies in the book of Ephesians, and we're in chapter 5. I sincerely hope that those of you who are listening in day after day are rereading and rereading this book of Ephesians. Every once in a while I hear of someone who are, and they tell me they are seeking to memorize the whole book of Ephesians. Well, more power to you. And may it become a living reality in your own lives. Now we're in chapter 5, and we're dealing with another aspect of truth concerning the walk of the believer in Christ. Allow me to repeat again, and I do not mind repeating these things. Some of you miss lessons here and there, and we want you to be caught up in it. And those of you just listening in for the first time, you can pick up the connection uh, of that with which we are speaking. Chapter 4 through 6, 9, there is given to us the walk of the believer in Christ. We are to walk in the unity of the Spirit in chapter 4. We are to walk in a new creation 
in chapter 4. Then in chapter 5, we are to walk in love, and then we are to walk in light, and then that's followed by walking in wisdom. And today we take up, we are to walk in light. I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 5, starting in at verse 8. After speaking of the fact that the wrath of God is going to come upon the children of disobedience, uh, and the measure of that judgment will be according to their works, their destination is determined by their relationship to the Savior. Now he goes on in verse 8, For you were sometime darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Therefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, as I said a moment ago, we are children of God, and we're also children of light. You have this in the first verse. We are to walk as followers of God, as his dear children, and we are to walk in love. Now, we are children of light. Now, as a child of God, that deals with relationship. But when we talk about being children of light, this is a position. Um, in verse 1, I repeat it in verse 1, we are to be followers of God as his dear children. This is relationship. Because of that relationship, we are to walk pleasing to God who is our Father. But now we are children of light. This is a position. We were once in the darkness. A separation has taken place. As children of God, who was love, we walk in love. And that love is evidenced by sacrifice. We've been speaking of this in our last lesson. It's for me to claim that I love God and love his people, it'll be evident by sacrifice. My love for God is measured by my obedience to his word. My love for the people of God is manifested by sacrifice. But now as, it, as children of light, we are to walk in light. Not only are we in the light, but the light is in the believer. And remember that God is light. In 1 John chapter 1, you remember verses 5 to 7, this is the message which we declare unto you, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we are walking in fellowship with him and we're in darkness, we're liars. We know not the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So on. But of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanseth us from all sin. We are not only in the light, but light is in us. I repeat it, God is light. He's absolute in holiness. That's what it means. There's no darkness, no shadows with God. In John chapter 8, verse 12, you remember our Lord said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. In John chapter 9, verse 5, he could say to his disciples, As long as I am in the world, 
I am the light of the world. This is the revelation of the character of God, absolute in holiness. That's why when you look at our Savior, you find absolutely uh, no shadows, no darkness, no gray matter. In the sense, there's no gray in color. He's absolute in holiness, absolute in purity, absolute in righteousness. And not to follow him means to walk in darkness. See, friend, we are, we are children of light. In John chapter 12, if I may turn to that passage, in John chapter 12, verse 35, Jesus said, he has just said the Son of Man must be lifted up, and they said, who is the Son of Man? Jesus said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness cometh upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be children of the light. Is the Lord appealing to the people of his day, declaring that he indeed is the light. He has just said in chapter 8 and chapter 9 that he was the light of the world. And, you know, it's an amazing thing that when you and I accepted the Savior, we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, into the kingdom of light. See, there are, let me just suggest there are two kingdoms today in the world. There's the kingdom of darkness in which all unsaved people are. There is the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's Son, where his people are, those who have put their trust in him. That's what you have in Colossians chapter 1, 13. He hath translated us out of one kingdom into another kingdom. That's why he could say that we are the children of light. That's what you have here in verse 8. We were sometimes in the dark, but now we're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, we have the same thing. We are the children of light. In Romans, in Romans chapter 13, you have another, uh, shall I say, intimation as to where the believer should be. You remember Paul writing to the Romans in verse 11 of chapter 13 says, Knowing the time, it is high time to wake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. See, we're no longer in the dark. No longer in the dark. No longer in ignorance about God. God has revealed himself. And thank God we, we accepted him as Savior. And we become not only his children, children of one who is loved, but we're also children of light. Uh, you see, union with Christ means light. And not to follow him means to walk in darkness. Let me repeat that verse in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Now let me switch it round. Not to follow Jesus Christ, not to put your trust in the Savior, means to walk and live in darkness. Do you remember that chapter 13 of John Judas had betrayed his Lord. The Lord ratified Judas's choice when he said, what you do, do quickly. And Judas went out. And the next statement to me is a terrible statement, and it was night. 
He said, well, he was talking about being going out in the night. Uh, more than that, my friend, where he went was absolute darkness. As 49 Psalm says, they shall never see light. Terrible thing to live in darkness. Terrible thing to live outside of Jesus Christ. See, and I said very frankly again, the unsaved are not only in darkness, but darkness is in them. You remember 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man, the unsaved man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why the, the man of the world can't understand Christians. It's just beyond him. Well, of course, he's in the dark. He doesn't know a thing about that life in Christ, that divine forgiveness which we have in him, this relationship to the living God where we can say we are the children of one who is God, no longer in the kingdom of darkness, but translated into the kingdom of God's Son. You see, a new element has come into our lives. Light, and Christ is that light. Once we were in the darkness where there was no light, no inner light. Now we belong to him and he has come to live in us. And our walk should be in perfect harmony with our transformation. Now the evidence of walking in the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Or putting it a different way, Goodness, righteousness, and truth should evidence the child of God who's walking in the light. And we are to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Then he goes on to say, we are to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame to even to speak of the things which are done of them in secret. One is very much tempted to go back to verses 3, down to verse 6, where he names these unclean sins of society. It says, even it's a, it's a shame even to speak of the things which they do in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. You see, the evidence of walking in the light is in goodness and righteousness and truth. Well, that's a You'd expect that. If Jesus is living in you and me, and he is the light of the world, and not to follow him means to walk in darkness, but being the children of light, we are walking in the light. We live in the light. That's where we live. Then we ought to demonstrate in our lives something of his goodness, of his righteousness, of his blessed truth. Like you have it in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, self-control. We, we prove what we are by what we do. A life of holy living. And I'm not afraid of that, are you? Don't be afraid of a holy life. The life of a holy living is acceptable to the Lord. Not to be holy, you don't have to live in some cave. Or shut yourself off from the world. We're in the world, but we're not on of the world. But we are in the world for twofold reason. 
to reveal to the world something of the character, the righteous, holy, wonderful character of God in his love, in his compassion and tenderness. And we are to bear witness to the world of a Savior who can transform men and women out of the kingdom of darkness and put them into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So when we ask a person to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we're really asking them to accept the one who will translate them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. Out of the kingdom of darkness where sin reigns, where death reigns, where all hell reigns. And he puts you in the kingdom of his Son where love reigns, where righteousness is evident and where the Son of God is glorified. I'm thinking of that verse in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, logical service. Be not conformed. Don't be fashioned according to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good, an acceptable and perfect will of God. Can I ask the question, the way you are living, what you do, is it pleasing to the Lord? Now it could be tested by light, not tested by society. You see, what pleases Christ is the Christian's greatest and highest duty. You know, Paul could say in Corinthians 5, 9, revised text, being ambitious to be found pleasing to him. We are to prove not what pleases us, but what pleases the Lord. So he says here, have no fellowship with the works of darkness. These are unfruitful. They're passing. They never stand light. You see, by all means reprove them, but it's a shame even to speak of them, things they do in secret. What I'm trying to get to your heart, my friend, is that as children of light, let us walk as children of light. And the manifestation, the evidence of us walking in light, of walking in fellowship with God, it'll be evidenced by goodness, by righteousness, by truth. We'll have no part with the sins of society. And again, may I say, it's not what we do in the light of society, which is permissive and sinful and unholy. But we are to walk in the light of God's word. We are to walk in the presence of the one who is light, who is absolute in holiness. And hence there'll be evident through us, in us, something of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fruit of the Spirit will be evidenced. Now, may I just say one more thing. What is the purpose of light? In verse 13, all things are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever maketh manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See, the purpose of light is to dispel darkness. The one who does not follow the Savior walks in darkness because Jesus is the light of the world. And you know, darkness never dispel, is never dispelled by argument. Truth is never imparted by argument, but by light shining. You come into a dark room, you don't see anything. It's dark. 
You switch the button, the light comes on. You see everything in the room. Everything in the room. The purpose of light is to dispel darkness. Truth is always imparted by the Spirit of God, not by argument. That's why Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, instant, in season, out of season. The time's going to come when people are going to keep to themselves teachers having itching ears. What shall you do? Preach the truth. Not be negative, but be positive in your testimony. I know there are a great many men who preach. Uh, they're, they're negative in their preaching and in their teaching. They're damning everything. If the, if the shining of light doesn't dispel darkness, nothing else will. Light will dispel darkness. Let's be positive in our testimony. See, I repeat it. Darkness is never dispelled by argument but by light shining, see. You remember our Lord said in Matthew eleven twenty-five to 28, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and you've revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in your sight. Or you take dear Peter in the book of Matthew chapter 16, when the Lord said in verse 17, you remember Peter said in verse 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord Jesus said, Peter, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father, who was in heaven. Truth is only imparted by the Spirit of God. Or you take 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. I hath not seen, he hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, even the deep things of God. He goes on to say, No man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Neither can know any man the things of God except the spirit of God and he to whom the spirit of God reveals it. See, friend, what I'm trying to get to your heart is this. Being in darkness, how are you going to get out of the kingdom of darkness where death reigns, where sin reigns, where Satan reigns? And how are you going to come into God's kingdom? Christ is the only one who can translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Let, let me remind you that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the fourth verse, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of those who do not believe the gospel. Satan blinds men's eyes. The gospel opens my, men's minds. You see, there's a real... As Dr. Aldridge has been saying, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a battle for your, for your faith. Satan is blinding the minds of everyone who rejects a Savior. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of those who believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Paul could say in Acts 26, 18, the Lord has sent me to open blind eyes, to turn men from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Even the Spirit of God today is in the world, illuminating the minds of the unsaved with respect to sin, righteousness, and judgment. May, may God open your eyes, my friend. He would translate you. He wants to translate you. Think of it. Think of it. The living, eternal God loved you enough to die for you 
And he just wants one thing. He wants to translate you. He wants to take you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. You say, well, why doesn't he do it? No, he wants you to have a part in it. He wants you to put your trust in him. God's given you a will. He's given you a mind. He's given you emotions. And he wants to take you and, and fill you with joy, with blessing. He wants to translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his own blessed son. That's why we read in verse 14, Awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. He's the light of the world. Friend, he wants you to come to know him as your own personal savior. May I plead with you today to accept the Lord Jesus? Please don't walk in darkness under the sentence of an eternal death. Jesus is saying to you, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'm talking to you who have never accepted the Savior. He's waiting for you to come. He's the light of the world. He'll take you out of darkness into light. And for you who are Christians, may I say, he wants you, my friend, to accept him. He wants you who are Christians to accept him in the place that he has in your life, that he's the light of the world. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Then walk as children of light, doing that which is found pleasing to him. And the Lord bless you today for his wonderful namesake. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.